We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's meet the offense of Kansas City. Will Shields, University of Nebraska. Up front, Will Shields, 11-time Pro Bowler. Will Shields is number 68. I'm really impressed with this offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, we talked about... Runhart and Shields inside. And again is to Marcus Allen. And Allen carries it. It's a first down yardage. That offensive line behind Sigler and Shields on the right side. They're taking over that game up front. Brian Waters, Casey Wigman, and Will Shields are probably the best three interior offensive linemen in the game. Shields starting for the 224th consecutive time today. Pass goes out to Larry Johnson. And Will Shields was leading the way for a big first down pickup. The excellent block there by Will Shields once the catch was made. Will in space. You know, you see how big he is. Uh, he has such a presence about him. Yeah, the guy, I, I enjoy Will Shields. Outside the Mort, across the grain. A block by Shields, a block by Tate. And there he goes. They give it to Holmes. And Holmes is in again for the touchdown. His second behind a Will Shields block. And why not the nine-time Pro Bowler leading the way for Priest Holmes. Not a whole lot of safeties and corners get real excited about seeing 68 rolling around the edge and that's who they got to take on. It's an honor being named into the Hall of Fame and I'm standing here today being honored because of each of you. So when the opportunity presents itself in your life, choose to be the difference maker in this village. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons on The Score. Very excited to talk to Will Shields again. Haven't done it since my show in Kansas City. Relevant because Kevin Warren was he was uh, Kevin Warren's second ever client when he was a sports agent back in the day. He used to have a law firm in Overland Park, uh, Kansas. Now he's the president of the Bears. But Will Shields, one of the best offensive linemen in NFL history, with us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Will Shields, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing very, very well. And uh, a texter actually alerted to this before we get into some Kevin Warren anecdotes and stories. Uh, Lawton High School, Lawton, Oklahoma, you were just a few years behind Stacy King, our friend and Bulls color analyst. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We, we had a pretty good lineage there of uh, professional athletes that came out of uh, the small town of Lawton. So before Stacy went off to Oklahoma and played for Billy Tubbs, was was he a was he the, was he a class clown to your knowledge uh, at your high school? Stacy is one of the more entertaining media people in the country and an absolute legend in this town already. Well, the thing that's interesting about it is that I actually went to school with his younger brother, uh, and me and his brother was a guy that was 
also almost what six seven, almost six eight, and uh, his name is Daryl King, and he was uh, also very funny. So I could see those I could see those two being together and just creating something, some havoc here and there. So what was in the water in Lawton, Oklahoma, with all these professional athletes? You know, I think we were competing against each other, and we really didn't know that we were that good as, until we start branching out and going into different places. I mean, we've had, you know, a tons of professional basket, or basketball, baseball, um, even down to, uh, you know, our, our quarterback that played on our team played in the big leagues for 14 years, you know, stuff like that. So it was more or less competing with each other, and we didn't know how good we were until – we left our little small town to go and express what we could do uh, in other places. All right, so take us back to uh, when you first met Kevin Warren. Why did uh, you agree to let him represent you? Well, you know, at that point I was trying to find, you know, where I was going to fit in the next level. And what was really cool about it is that uh, I remember Kevin coming down and introducing himself and basically telling me, hey, man, I can't, I can't pay for anything. It's like here, you, you know, you can't even give you water. I can't do anything, but let's talk about what you should do. And, and Kevin at that point was talking about, you know, um, what's the difference between percentages and also being, you know, from the lawyer background, he goes, you know, you shouldn't pay a percentage. You should pay, you know, an hourly rate. And once it's done, it's done. And, you know, that kind of thing. And so he was sort of educating me um, as far as how the business world went. Uh, as far as being an athlete. And, you know, it was one of those things of where, you know, he took it out and said, hey, this is how business is run. This is things you should do. And these are the things you should avoid, the pitfalls. And he, uh, you know, impressed me with, with how he educated us as we sat there and goes, regardless of who you go with, these are the criteria, the things you should look at and how you should do it. And it, it made a, you know, a staple of what we should do. And, you know, even when he became my agent, it became to that point where he ended up having like five or six of us and he would sit us in the room and educate us on, Hey, I'm putting a team around you of people that'll help you protect you and, and, and educate you on what's next and how you do different things. Um, even as he was getting ready to move on, he made sure that all of us were in a solid spot before he moved on to the, to the next job that he was taking. So, you know, he's been that guy that's always looked out for us from one way or another. He'd never, never brings anything to the table that wasn't able to to make anyone around him better. See that that's that's interesting because there's this this thought about agents uh, you know that what once that that you're out you're out there for you but it's got to be a supportive um, position too as, as you talk about um, did you feel like personally you understood Kevin he understood you and you guys had a genuine connection and does that connection continue to this day? Well, oh yeah, I mean that connection's still still good to today. I mean, you uh, you know when I see Kevin, it's almost like you know we we haven't been apart. We're you know we're still going the same path of you know trying to do things and build things, and and that's sort of how it's always been. But yeah, that you know you still have that feeling anytime you you get around him and you're you're in the presence of of Kevin. You you try to find you find out new things that are being created. All right, then, Will Shields, why should Bears fans be excited that Kevin Warren's the new president of the Bears? You know, the, the cool thing about it is that he's been around football. He's helped build other organizations, and he's been a part of it. So it's really cool to watch him, you know, get into this role 
of being able to, you know, help help out and build build up another franchise. So what? But what's the skill set, though? You know, like I guess it's uh, it's an interesting job that a lot of us can't really put our our finger on. He's got, he's got to build a stadium, but you know, Ryan Poles, who was in Kansas City, I don't know if you ever crossed paths with him, uh, will report to him. But Ryan has say on football matters. But Kevin's going to give him input at times. Like, what what's Kevin's skill set that you think is valuable? Well, I think the simple fact that most people, I mean, unless you look at the history of what Kevin has done, he's been in football organization for a long time um and i think he's been around the sport he's been in it as far as especially um in the ownership side as well as around the athletes for him being an agent um he understands the ebb and flow of what needs to happen to create you know championships and create you know positive things around you and and that's where everything comes from it comes from building a positive atmosphere and being able to grow it and, you know, with all the different organizations that he's been in, he's been in different positions to see how everything should run in the Evans. So, so I think it's a good opportunity for him to be president and see, you know, how he can make everything sort of come together. So Will Shields is at Nebraska for Tom Osborne, like the legendary running attack, the legendary Nebraska system, one of the uh, members of the college football all-century team, right? And yet, just yeah. a third-round pick. Now, yeah. and I don't know if that's Kevin Warren's fault as your agent. So have you just, just <laughs> interesting just, point? Yeah, right. Just to go in the third round, or is that just part of the the disrespect for the guard position, which frankly continues to this day? Will well, well, you have to look at it in this way: your your agent can only do what you can, what they can do. They can't make anyone draft you in the first round or second round or third round. I mean, that's the whole piece of where, you know, when your agent comes in and he goes, look, I, I know what's needed. I know what you have to do, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to jump you up the pole from where you are, where they believe about you athletically, where they believe about what you can do. But I will tell you this, uh, Kevin predicted where I would go and what team I would go to. Hmm. And it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. He's in Kansas City forever. He goes to 12 straight Pro Bowls. He's he's in the Hall of Fame. I'd say it worked out pretty well. But what's up with the guard disrespect, Will? I mean, like, it continues. Like, oh, that guy can't play tackle. Maybe he could play guard. Like, those kind of conversations happen all the time. Is it fair to disrespect guards as much as they get disrespected these days? No, I think the simple fact of until you put your hand in the sand and play the position, they don't understand what you go through. And also, on the other hand, it's, um, you know, the building of, of ability. Uh, and I say I don't care how big you are, how small you are, whatever it is, it's hard to test the man part and what he's willing to do to get to where he needs to go. And I think that's part of the process that, that you have to put in, not necessarily just about, oh, look how, look how big he is or, you know, what, it, what can he do and do that. It also comes back to the fight, and and I think that's one of those things that nobody can test until you actually put the pads on and you figure it out. And I think that's what makes it hard, you know, as far as being the interior guy. Oh yeah, you can move from you know outside inside, but the question is, can you move inside to outside? And I go, well, the way it works is is this: you still got a battle, and you need us to do whatever you have to do. So you might as well make every position the best that you can be. Will, did you, I mean, do you know Ryan Poles, first of all? No, I don't know Ryan Poles. 
Okay, because, you know, he was obviously in the Chiefs front office, and now he's the general manager of the Bears, and he's a former offensive lineman uh, at Boston College, and he he's kind of credited with after the Super Bowl where Pat Mahomes was running for his life all game and took that record-setting number of QB hits, you know, retooling and rebuilding that Chiefs offensive line on the fly, you know, uh, drafted Creed Humphrey, a couple of other guys that, that started in, the, in mid-rounds in that draft. So he's now tasked with rebuilding the Bears offensive line. I'm curious, like, what's the skill set? What what when you're when you're looking at an offensive line prospect, what are you what are you looking for? Well, there's a lot of little nuances that you look for. You you know, the first thing is you know, um, balance, strength, control. Um, you know, we we play a position that that's what we can what we consider controlled violence. So you have to have controlled violence when you play the game understand where you need to go, how you need to go, but be able to separate your feet from your hands, uh, but also to balance that out, to understand where you have to push certain things to get to certain places. So you look for a guy that has intelligence, for one, of you know knowing the little nuances, but also understand the angles and different things because you know, you're not going to be the strongest guy every time you play. There are some guys that are built that way, but others are going to have to use angles and experience to get it done because you can't have five guys that can do everything the exact same way. Hmm. And so you got to also be able to teach them to, to benefit what they do best, but also know the weaknesses. So you know how to help them when you do, you know, call certain protections and do certain things. And that, and that's where that coaching staff becomes so important and integral of understanding the strengths and weaknesses of each person and putting them in the best light so that they're confident and com- comfortable in their own skin of understanding what they need to work on day in and day out. And that's what you look for as, a, as an offensive lineman. You look for a person that's willing to come in, work their tail off day in and day out to get better, but also understanding what you need to have happen within the offensive team. The Bears seem to favor um, like more slim, athletic, uh, mobile offensive linemen and they've got a block for Justin Fields, who almost set the single-season rushing record for a quarterback. He also was sacked 55 times. Correct. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, it's a unique offensive line challenge here, here yeah. Will. You, you blocked for a lot of different styles of runner. What, what would you imagine is the best type of blocker for a guy like Justin Fields? Well, the way it is, if you have a, a smaller mobile offensive line, then, of course, you know your run game is going to be a little different than having a big mauler to, to do that. So if you, if you have a big mauler, you need a big back. Uh, if you have a small, nimble line, you got to have a quick back that can hit holes and do different things. You're going to run your quarterback quite a bit. you got to have a combination of both just to sort of fill it out because there are that time that you are going to have to sit in there and do straight pass protection. But if you do those, that would be more, hey, let's roll him out, let's move him, let's get him on the thing so that we can get him on the edge to sort of make him feel more comfortable in the pocket. So, you know, that to me is what I think he would need is a combination of a couple of bigs, but you still need the mobility because you do have a quarterback that does seem to be very comfortable running the ball. All those years with the Chiefs, and you're right, Danny, different kinds of running backs, Marcus Allen, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson. I don't know if you've how much uh, attention you're paying there, Will. The Chiefs pretty good now. Uh, pretty good these days. Um, seem to have something figured out. No, seriously, as an NFL Hall of Famer, as a guy who watches, what makes this Chiefs, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes thing as special 
uh, and sometimes seemingly unstoppable as it is? Well, the thing of it is, is when you can go out and, as they say, come out and basically use every aspect of your team, it makes a difference. Um, you're not stuck with, hey, I've got to get this person five catches. I've got to get this one three touches. i got to get this one. When you make your team unselfish, that makes a big difference. And that's one thing that they've always done, regardless of who's been on the field, is you've made a team that's unselfish and willing to do whatever they have to do to win. And when you have a quarterback that basically has that same regard of, hey, I don't have to score the touchdowns. I don't have to prove what I need to do, I'm willing to let others enjoy the limelight of doing what they do and celebrate with them and not just for myself of what's accomplished. That's the whole thing about team. And, and I think that makes the difference between, you know, what they put on the field regardless of every guy understands, look, we're going we're gonna to go and do what we need to do to win as a group. And as long as that happens, then they constantly win. And when it becomes to a point to where, it's all about, oh, well, I need to get extra amount of touches or I need to do this or I need to do that. That's when the team sort of falters a little bit. Uh, last thing, at least for me, with, with Will Shields, you know, you, you basically accomplished everything in your career that you could. Uh, All-decade team, Chiefs Hall of Fame, the Outland Trophy, 12 consecutive Pro Bowls, like, like Speaks mentioned. Walter Payton, man of the year. And that's where I'm going. Uh, we, we talk to Jalen Johnson every week. He's the Bears nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and he was – humbled and honored by it, but he wasn't terribly familiar with the award when he got nominated. So he was kind of doing research after receiving the nomination. Obviously the Peyton family and the award is, uh, you know, is royalty and cherished in this town. Will, what did it mean to you to win it in 2003? You know, it's one of those things that is unbelievable. And I sort of celebrate it with everyone here in Kansas city, because that's where the foundation was built. And also with, you know, even going back to your college days of being introduced to going out and doing your first true service in the community. Um, and, you know, that was with Coach Osborne that actually had us going out and doing different things and starting programs to sort of get us into that mold of, you know, you do make a difference and you can make a difference. But when you get an award like that, it's not necessarily just my award because, I've roped in all my teammates to help me get things done. And, you know, anytime you do an event, it's not just your event. It's your event, but you're bringing along other people that's a part of it. And I call it the bridge, you know. And as long as you can keep connecting the bridge, it's awesome. And for me, it was one of those things that, you know, was, you know, I've never won a Super Bowl, but it felt like a Super Bowl win because it's honoring something that you've tried to put together to help your community grow. It's great stuff, Will. Thank you for the insight on Kevin Warren and uh, the stories in your unbelievable career. Good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. No problem, man. You guys have a great one. You too. Thank you. It's Will Shields. Dude's royalty in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for for good reason. Yeah. I D- mean, he didn't he didn't miss a game. Like there was a stretch where he played. I think he started like two hundred and thirty one straight football games as a guard. Yeah, two hundred and twenty three games started, two hundred and twenty four games played. Outrageous. Yeah. He's uh he's got a he's got a fun like YouTube highlight reel of just pancaking people. Yeah, just not seemingly ever losing <laughs> on, on a, a, ma- a battle on, on, a, on a matchup ever. Uh, yeah, he's uh he was about as good as it got. So 
Anyway, good good book there by Shane. Fun to talk to uh, one of the best offensive linemen of his era. But um, coming up next, I think that we are going to be alleged by our production staff of having been able to have stopped or prevented a big, not a Chicago sports tragedy, that's maybe overstating it, but a, a big Chicago sports failure of the last year. We were presented with this on the front end. Mm. We championed it, and we should have stopped it. It's next on The Score. Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. All right, well, he was the worst pitcher in baseball. Then he was uh, one of the best. Really, really good. Transformed himself. Wonderful story, that Lucas Giolito. And then last year, not so much. Uh Uh-oh! But super nice guy, easy to root for. And uh, been always pretty friendly to the show. So, you know, we, we, we like Lucas Giolito. Good talker. We'll let you in on the process. I've said before that one year where he transformed, I learned so much about pitching because of how much he talked about all the different things he changed. And, and then he made big changes last offseason that didn't work so well. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because he's making changes again this year. So we'll, we'll start with the recent changes, right? We'll start with what 2023 Lucas Giolito is going to be like per MLB Network. You talked at length about that you put on, I think, 20 pounds going in the last offseason to try to create a little bit more strength, stamina uh, through the course of a long season. Did you stay with that approach this offseason, or did you lean back up to where you were prior to that? Yeah, that was a, a bit of an experiment that might have gone wrong uh, last <laughs> last offseason. Uh, I actually I got really big. I felt really strong coming into spring, but my body just did not hold up great uh, with all that extra weight. So this offseason, uh, the focus in the gym and nutrition-wise, it's been all about uh, getting lean, back to like a very comfortable weight for me and uh all about explosiveness strength stability um mobility as well uh for me being a big guy it's really important to be athletic so i can repeat my delivery so that's been the main focus and i'm back down to a good weight yeah following up on that then too you like your you change up ships last year you, you know all this you're one of the most intellectual pitchers that we have in our game like your change up when it's right you, you could argue it's the best change up in the game and that last year, it was like a struggle all year watching you pitch to find that. And you stopped throwing it a lot. I mean, you were down over 6% from a year ago. Is that kind of a focus, too? Because you realize, you know, that's like a really good pitch for you. Yeah, yeah. When when my changeup's on, it's it's absolutely my best pitch. Um, you know, I had, I've had a lot of starts in my career where it was fastball changeup only because the changeup was working. And, uh, yeah, last season, getting out of sync, uh, I started to kind of push it a little bit more. Um, it wasn't getting that good action I wanted, so we started to more heavily rely on the slider. But then towards the end of the year, I started getting that feel back and, uh, you know, started getting that good horizontal movement, good sync on it. Uh, and right now in my throwing program, that's kind of where it's at. So I'm looking forward to the change of being back right where it needs to be. Hmm. <laughs> so that that sounds good, right? I mean, that that, that all sounds like it makes it makes sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my best pitch more, and I'm gonna make sure it's working. I'm gonna be slender. I'm gonna be explosive. And last year was a was a failed experiment. You know, it's interesting because he talks about how the changeup got better towards the end of the year. He also changed some of the mechanics back towards the end of the year. Like he knew this thing was a failure by summer. You know, yeah. c- certainly late summer, 
but probably midsummer and um yeah. Well, the thing is this, Speaks, we What's have that? to we, we we can't just point a finger. We have to point a thumb. Because we get, you know, we we're, we're fanalists around here, but we we unlike uh, you know, average Joe fan, we we get access to these guys. Yeah, we talk to these guys. And so in theory, we the, have the, a, that, you think they'll listen to us? I don't know that they would listen to us, but maybe, maybe uh we could have at least pushed back or questioned cuz here is Lucas Giolito before last season, telling us about how bulked up he was, but not just telling us, listen to our us fawn. We were talking on the show when uh, everyone reported to camp. We're like, oh, it's time for everyone to come in and, you know, say they're in the best shape of their life. And then we saw a picture of you and we were like, damn, Giolito actually means it. You got jacked this offseason. I don't know if I would say jacked. I put some good mass on. Um, I don't think I'll ever be jacked. Every offseason, it seems like you come with a plan and some ideas and then some execution, and now we get to see it. So now a month in, what's it like pitching with regularity with all that extra body strength, especially below the waist? What what has that felt like for you? It feels like uh, I get to throw... I get to throw the ball more with my body rather than my arm. I know you are a, a big viewer of the past in terms of pitchers. It's so like you got me thinking about Nolan Ryan's Here bottom half or Tom Seaver's bottom <laughs> half. Uh, you know, I know Bob Gibson was one of your guys. So, like, where, where did this come from in terms of precedent for you, Lucas? It was kind of uh, something on my mind at the end of the year. Uh, the last few years, I've, I've dealt with some little minor things in my legs, some hamstring pulls, things like that. And I feel like uh, the results have been pretty good so far. I mean, we'll see how the season goes. Quick footnote, he was injured on opening day by the time that interview <laughs> ran on the show. Yeah, that's right. right. We taped that interview. Right. That is right. Oh, God. Because, oh, I mean, you know what I always say? Ryan, Seaver, Gibson, Giolito. <sighs> Why are you so fixated on his bottom half speech? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was trying to do. He's trying to like become one of those those big horses, the drop and drive guys. And he quickly realized we that, that was that a so terrible much. idea. <laughs> well, this guy is so strong. Oh, what a beefcake. Yeah, it was humiliating. Hey, I'd like to go back. We should uh, recut that interview, you know, have his answers. But then have us saying, Lucas, first of all, that sounds like a terrible idea. I wouldn't do that at all if I were you. But, hey, you know. Be your, careful. It's, it's not all about strength, flexibility, <laughs> yoga, core, explosiveness. You want to be long and lean. Because the, the video, there's video out there. There's like a, a four-second or five-second video out there in the middle of January. And it's a, Lucas throwing a pitch. And it's like, oh, look at that. He looks a lot thinner. That's interesting. He'll be back on the show. We'll, we'll have him in the next couple of weeks. We, we can talk to him about it. Yeah, good. But I'm just saying, like, so this year, are we going to learn our lesson? Are we going to be skeptical of the body transfer, or are we going to just blindly praise be like, oh, oh, you did a lot of core work, well, so a lot of flexibility, you're, you're long and lean, like your body type. Here's the thing. This. Good job, man. As we talked about in the preamble, and I hinted at in one of the questions there, he, the dude had become his own, like, CEO of Lucas Gilito Incorporated, as all pitchers have to do, and he, like, did a bunch of things that really worked transformed himself that's why the Stephen A. Smith sound-alike guy said the thing in the commercial about yeah you know the transformation so we trusted him how funny him. would it be if that was Stephen A. Smith 
If like ten million a year from ESPN and every other job in the world wasn't enough, but he was like NBC Sports Chicago wants me to do a voiceover work. That was guaranteed rate, I think. Oh, it's, so it's, it's a mortgage commercial. Yeah, so, so it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They could, they could probably. They've, pay got, his they've fee. got that kind of money. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith's just like, oh sure, I'll read that. I'll, I, I'll do Bill Curtis, right? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take Lucas Giolito. I'm looking right at the camera. <laughs> you do not, Lucas Giolito. Worst pitcher in baseball. He is one of the absolute professionals <laughs> at missing work. <laughs> guy's perfect. doing a pretty good impression. Yeah, yeah it's great. But, uh, but so yeah. I trusted him. So now, so are you going to trust him again? Is my question. He's lost. He hasn't earned our trust. He has not. He's earned, earned mine. Our, really? Yeah. He's well, lost. Come on. I, I would follow Lucas Giolito to the ends of the earth. He just had a really bad year based right. on some horrific no, off-season adjustments that he himself admits was a failed experiment. Okay. The, the, you know, I look at that as accountability. I think that it's a funny idea, though, to have him come on, ask him the question like clean without giving away the bit, and then come over the top hard with, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know your body? That sounds questionable. Last time it didn't work so well. I rolled the dice on Lucas in a contract year here. I want my take of, like, the Sox should have extended him after 2021 to turn out looking like a good take. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's a big it year for me personally yeah. and also a young man who's about to become even more rich. There's a little bit of Danny Parkinson, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's so rooting for your take. Totally rooting for the take. That, what has happened to you, Danny? No I'm issue so in proud. arbitration this year with Lucas either. They settled. They, well, there, yeah. was, there were no arguments. Because he was terrible. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Really, really bad. Because he didn't have a leg to be stand really on. Good. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hurt. Yeah, uh, hi, I'm here for the arbitration conversation. Oh, you'd like to pay me? Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> do, do you want me to go out on a limb here? Um, sure. Is it a healthy limb? Uh, Will the limb survive? There's a storm in the sky. Is it bulked? Lucas Giolito. Oh, my God, here we go. Top five. A.L. Cy Young. That's crazy. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, he no, he has the stuff. I hope so. He has the stuff. Look, I he's, don't he's know why. his own team or in, in the American League? In the A.L. Why didn't like the fastball have that carry, that absence of drop that it had in years past? Mechanics and body mass? Yes. Okay. Lucas Giolito because, does not cheat. Because, well, because the, the changeup is not as effective without that fastball having that ride, that little giddy-up, and it just wasn't quite there, which is why he changed around and went to the slider and everything like that. So if you're telling me that's back. Yep, he'll be back. Top five AL Cy Young. I'll need to see that Can to he go ahead it. and bookmark that? Listen to me, skeptical. See? When does baseball do their awards? Like on some during the Super Bowl Twitch channel with <laughs> with like seven followers uh, during Hanukkah and Christmas. Nice, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it is it's on Christmas during Day. the confluence. Yeah, good day for the White Sox. I think Luis Arise is out of the uh, division. Knocked that guy away. Good day for the Twins trading away the batting title winner. I get why they did it, but that's a really, really good hitter. You want to restate why they did it then? Uh, yeah, uh, Carlos Correa really wanted another pitcher, and he's the assistant general manager. I was going to say, what, what, what is, what's his role in the front office? Uh, yes, yes, exactly. And, uh, okay. And, you already and, signed him to the contract. I, I know, I know. But, you know, you told him you were going to make yourself better and go out there and do some things. And that's but do you think the they got better? <sighs> if Alex Kirilov, uh, their player, is healthy and can give him, you know, um, some offense – um, then, then maybe he can replace what they're losing in a rise, and then Lopez. Yeah, they, 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 they might end up. They might end up better 
it's possible. It's actually, I think it's a, actually a pretty interesting trade for 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 both sides. Although the Marlins are just gonna stay in that stasis of what they do, you know, of acquiring cost controlled talent, and then when they come up for free agency, not paying them. Exactly. They got three years of a rise for two years of Pablo Lopez, and uh, and they'll move on from there. But man, a rise is. He's got you at 316 with the shift and now with no shift and just he's one of those few guys who can place the ball wherever the hell he wants. He's got the Christian Guzman vibes of like, Ooh. I'm going to get a base hit and a big spot every time I'm up here. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that was the guy that Tony La Russa didn't want to pitch to when he challenged Byron Buxton. And everybody was understandably angry that he challenged Byron Buxton, but he was afraid of a rise. We'll get into all the divisional games coming up at 5 o'clock. I'm going to sniff out a bad idea before it becomes reality in the middle of the 5 o'clock hour. But coming up next, is there a scenario we are going to, where we are going to look back and regret one of the highest-profile po- Bears moves from the last 12 months? It's next on the score. I don't think at that time Ballard was in the business of taking an off-the-ball linebacker at 8. <laughs> <laughs> thought about Roquan Smith very much in a while man I talked about it a little on Monday did you yeah because I got sad seeing him yeah well I, you were more sad than I was when they traded him right and, and you I, were more conflicted over it and the, the fact that he is now like the emblem of the Ravens like he's your sideline cutaway guy you know in in that game on uh, on Sunday night and just you know first team all pro they pay him, and he was so good there. It's like, I mean, I'd look, I understand all the whys of, uh, I found the whys. Unlike Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. who was looking for yeah. him constantly. I found the one in Irving Park. Mm-hmm. I, I found the one in Lakeview. Even You're the old, a well-traveled why guy. Even the old New City one. I knew where that one was. Yeah. I'd gone there. But, yeah, so I, I just – I have a little sadness. I have a little Roquan sadness, even though I intellectually understand why it happened, of course. So – there was a few things, right? He, the Bears and him did not come close to a contract term, and he was a little misfit here. Like, it was always a little weird, and then they changed defenses. He seemed to be better as, in a 3-4 than a base 4-3, and he went to a, another organization that cherishes linebackers, but also where he's surrounded by much better players. Yeah, and he, and he made a little drama here. He made drama here a, a few different times in some ways, including directly in the face of Ryan Poles, for sure. Yeah, and so they so they, they trade him, but then, to your point, he, he wins All-Pro, and he he got the Buckus <laughs> Award again. Listen to this uh, little awkward exchange when uh, Dick Buckus' kid shows up at Ravens practice with Roquan and John Harbaugh. I am Matt Butkus, president of the Butkus Foundation. We won the Buckus Award, and I'm here to present Roquan of the Baltimore Ravens with the 2022 Pro Butkus Award, which is his second. I've also surprised him at the University of Georgia, so he knows what this is all about. So congratulations. Well-deserved. Absolutely. I'm very grateful to receive this. You know, receiving it in college uh, meant a lot to me, being recognized as the best and have a great deal of respect for your dad and the way he played the game, and I try to admire some of that in my place. So this means a lot to me, and I can't wait to put it up in my man cave. How do you like this guy playing for you well, now? It's a great Stole honor. him out of Chicago. Right, right. Well, you know, <laughs> your, your dad wasn't happy about that, Matt. Right. You know, and uh, I was happy that your dad felt so highly about Roquan Smith as a linebacker because your dad was the epitome 
of, of being a linebacker in the history of the National Football League, and I think this is a throwback linebacker too, a leader. What the great players make the players around them better, and that's what Roquan Smith does. Not only does he play great, he raises the level for everybody else, and that's what we got. So you're wearing the Georgia red and black, and you're wearing the Raven purple and black. We appreciate that very much. Yes. Well, congratulations. You deserve it. Thank you. Congratulations. I don't even want to be around anymore. Seriously, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a tough 70 oh, seconds. I'll admit. Hot. That's rough. As a guy who wanted to trade him, that's oh, a tough 70 seconds. Dude, he, that, should be, that should be the middle linebacker killer for a decade as a bear for this team with all the money in the freaking world. It, it's Butkus' uh, kid uh, presenting Roquan with his second Butkus Award and one of the five best coaches of the NFL being like, yeah, your dad was real pissed he left Chicago. <laughs> I'm thrilled he's here. We've paid him and he made us all much better. Really want to thank that dumbass Bears organization <laughs> it's a for, tough- for giving up on you know their next Butkus. Glad you're here. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one. Oh. So, so like he, you know, he leads the league in tackles. He's all pro. He was better there than he was here. And again, it's a better fit. And he's got Patrick Queen next to him, and he's got Calais Campbell, and he's got you know Humphrey and Peters in the secondary. Like they, they are they're, they're a playoff team, right? No, yeah. no, no. They introduced the Ravens the other day. Roquan from the Baltimore Ravens right before kickoff. That's how they phrased it. <laughs> right? Yes. The yeah. emblem. The freaking emblem. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm falling prey to television manipulation. You are. But they're showing a sideline cutaway guy. Heart and soul of the Ravens. He's been there 12 minutes. We watched him grow and evolve here. He's been there freaking 12 minutes, and all of a sudden, he's there Ray Lewis? What the hell happened? Well, and he well, hasn't killed anybody yet. <laughs> Nor does he know about anybody being killed. So so what? So what are the what 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 are the chances uh, that we regret it for the rest of our lives? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. When 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 Roquan Smith goes into Canton, oh, and they're like, you know, for a twelve-year period, no one in the NFL had more tackles than Roquan Smith. Like that's that is in play. He, he played was, for two of the franchises <laughs> that are synonymous with linebackers, the Bears, yeah. who quit on him because they're idiots. <laughs> And then acquired Chase Claypool. Because that's the other thing for me is like, I know that they got the Ravens pick and gave up their own pick for Claypool. Yes. But you're you're forever, at least I'm forever, going to equate the second round pick that they got with the fact that they then felt comfortable enough to trade away their two for Claypool. Yeah, but okay. But there's also the difference of um, $20 million. Like the the the, the 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 Ravens are now paying Roquan Smith twenty million per year, highest ever for an off-ball linebacker, uh-huh. and the Bears are paying Chase Claypool a couple million bucks. Right. So and you, then and then letting him go away because they're not happy with him. And, and we'll, yeah, we'll see how it goes with Claypool. But like, so there's also yeah, the, that's true. That's true. Obviously, there, there's, there's there's service time issues, contract issues. There, that, so so the money difference is, is was part of it. the reason Roquan Smith isn't a Bear isn't because of production. Uh, it's it's because of, it's because of money and positional value polls didn't want to make one of the highest paid dudes on the team a guy who doesn't play a premium position but an objectively better organization than you did yes and and we thought when they traded him we were like oh they're doing it for the playoff run this year and then they're gonna lose him and just take the comp pick and then they paid him. and then they paid him and he's awesome and now all of a sudden they're talking about him like he's their best player and he's winning awards and playing better there and being shouted out again by one of the best coaches in the NFL so I mean even though I understood it at the time because yeah. I don't think the Bears roster was really ready mm-hmm. to like 
pay a premium price for a non-premium position, I'll still concede that it's like 40% that you ultimately really regret it. Mm. That it's just like, because he's awesome. And he's going to go to a place that's going to play him perfectly, and there's a really good chance that he makes a couple more all-pro teams and leads the league in tackles a couple more years. And yeah. like, he's got a legitimate shot at going into the Hall of Fame if yeah. he keeps it up at this pace. He some, really does. Some, and some definite sadness at, at seeing them. But, you know, several of the textures pointing out and understanding, you know, like Sean and Charlotte says, look, Roquan being gone symbolizes Poles having a vision and being all in even when shamed publicly. Like, Poles – you know, they're not going to pay an off-the-ball linebacker. Remember the moment when Eberflus yep. kind of slipped and laughed and said, I don't think Ballard would be paying an off-the-ball linebacker. Yeah. You know, so, like, they they, they just don't value that. They, yeah. They, they just don't buy it, and they don't they don't believe it. And another texture pointing out, remind me exactly who the Ravens are playing this weekend with their multi-million dollar linebacker. Correct. Well, they, they made the playoffs and then lost. But, hey, and you can take it a step further. Would Roquan Smith have been worth – a point in that game against the Lions? Like, maybe you don't have the number, number one pick right now. Right, you might have won a game or two. You might have won a game or two if you held on to him and then not been in as good a position. So, like, I am still firmly in favor of the Bears trading Roquan Smith. He's just awesome and landed in a perfect spot with a great organization. So I have to allow for the possibility that you're going to regret that one. And that's 70 seconds of his second Butkus Award with Butkus's son lamenting him being gone. with with John Harbaugh praising it is a it's a tough moment. I know he said Matt Butkus, but at the beginning of that, it sounded like he said uh, this is head Butkus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you the head Butkus? No, I think Dick is still the head Butkus. Correct, Matt. It did. It did sound. Didn't a little it strange. sound like yeah, that? It was I am head Butkus, president of the <laughs> Butkus Foundation. He's the head Butkus. <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. Head Butkus. I am head Butkus. <laughs> That's incredible. Good pickup by you. <laughs> head Butkus, the uh, president of the Butkus I, Foundation. I can't imagine Dick gave up the head like that. Yeah. You know? I am Head Butkus. <laughs> Spectacular. Every divisional game this weekend, a few with direct Bears ties. Coming up, Parker to speak on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.